This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb. 101.9 Chai FM. This is Soul to Soul on a Friday afternoon. Very exciting day today if you are a school child. Most of the schools, those who didn't break up last week, have broken up today. So there's lots of merriment. One can actually notice it uh, uh, on, in the traffic patterns on the streets, but lighter than than usual. But anyway, Baruch Hashem, whatever the case may be, it is Erev Shabbos Kodesh in Johannesburg, and a warm welcome to all of our radio family. It's a little bit chilly outside, a bit of a cold wind accompanying us as we do our running around on Friday afternoon preparing for this Beautiful Shabbos coming up, Baruch Hashem, a winter, a winter Shabbos. And it is, as always, our privilege to be with you at this time on, on your radio, on Chai FM. And, of course, if you're listening anywhere else but in Johannesburg, www.chaifm.com, you can always, obviously, turn it on and listen. Although, obviously, if you're listening on the radio, then you don't need to be told that you could be listening on the on the internet, but okay, I guess that's one of the things that radio presenters do, even though it doesn't necessarily logically make make good good uh, good sense. We hope you had a wonderful wonderful week, Baruch Hashem, a week that was started with Rosh Chodesh, and ends now with the breakup of schools. Can't be can't be a bad week in any in any way. Just a couple of words on this week's Pasha before we get to back to our Hilchah Shabbos, to our talking on Shabbos uh, segment that we are that we are doing. Just a couple of things that's that come to mind. The, the in the middle of the uh, of the Pasha after the episode of the of the uh, Moshe Rabbeinu hitting the rock instead of speaking to the rock as he was commanded to do we come to the incident of the the uh, the Kanani which of course the Rashi says wasn't actually Kananim, uh, it was actually Amalekim but they kind of dressed themselves up to look like Kananim, and they spoke, or they tried to speak the lingo with a bad accent, or whatever it might have, it might have been, to try to confuse the Jews. They wouldn't know who they were davening, uh, uh, they wouldn't know who to daven to the Rebbeinu Shlom about, whether it was against the Kananim, which is what they looked like, or the Amalekim, which is what they sounded like. So they hoped that that would confuse them. It didn't work, says Rashi, because the B'nai soldiers davened Hashem. Whoever these enemies are, we don't actually know what they are. Uh, uh, we please deliver us. And the Jews made a, a, a promise to Hashem. They said that if you're going to give, uh, the, this nation, if you're going to give over this nation, whoever they might be, well, they be Kananim or Amalekim, we're confused. I will then uh, destroy their cities. And, and Rashi explains what it means is, I will take all the spoils that they have and donate it to the Beit HaMikdash, donate it to, to, uh, to godly, to godly causes for use for the construction or the, or the maintenance of the, of the uh, Mishkan, etc., etc., and uh, this, uh, obviously, when they made this promise, the the sanctification of the 
booty, the sanctification of all the items that they wanted to, uh, that they wanted to sanctify, obviously couldn't take place immediately because when they, at the time they made this promise to donate everything to Hashem, it was only if God allows us to be, uh, to be victorious. Uh, at, at that point, they weren't even, uh, they weren't even, hadn't even waged the war. They didn't know that they were going to be victorious. They just made this guarantee. And therefore, it would seemingly fall into the, uh, category of what we call in halacha, dava shalai bailailam. It's something that doesn't yet Exists as something that is not uh, is is not present, and 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 generally the halacha is that something that doesn't exist. I can't sanctify it. I can't make a promise regarding it because it doesn't uh, it doesn't, as far as we're concerned, at this point exist. In fact, the the uh, the Rambam uh, bring that brings down that a person cannot sanctify, cannot donate to a holy cause something that doesn't yet that doesn't yet. Uh, Yet exists, and in spite of this, this uh, this promise that the Jews made regarding that they were going to donate anything that they confiscated from this nation, wherever they were, from the Amalekim, uh, uh, seems uh, 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 you know uh, in in the future that they made this narrative that they would donate what they would capture in in the future uh, uh, to themselves, and, and in fact, the Rambam himself. Brings, brings down that even though a person is not allowed to sanctify something that doesn't yet exist, exist, but if he says, I accept it upon myself, and I'm going to sanctify it when, when the time comes, so then he is obligated to, when it finally does come, he is obligated to, uh, to sanctify it, and, and that sanctification is an eternal sanctification unless he redeems it, uh, uh, and it belongs to, to the, uh, and it's, it's, it uh, constitutes a, a real, a real, uh, elbow, elbow, a real promise. And, and if you don't, in fact, when, when you finally realize that asset, if you don't make it sanctified to, to, uh, uh, Shemayim, you are violating, first of all, the prohibition against not carrying out and fulfilling a promise because you made a promise to to uh, to do it and there's a pro- there's a law in the Torah of you're not allowed to delay carrying out and fulfilling your 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 uh, promises and the positive side of that is uh, whatever you say you're going to do you must uh, you must do. It's like any other, like any other uh, a promise. That's what the Rambam Paskins that if you say you're going to make something hectish, that it works. So the obvious, the obvious question is: so how did, how did the Jews, uh, 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 how were they permitted even to make such a promise to give something to Hashem that they didn't have yet, that they were only going to get Bezos Hashem in the uh, in the future. But generally, we know that these types of uh, of, uh, of of nedarim uh, are not considered desirable types of nedarim, even if one would fulfill them. As in fact, the the uh, the uh, it's, it's passing that a person shouldn't generally make 
make uh, promises, and, and even if one does make a promise, even if he does actually fulfill it, see, he's called, God forbid, a, a, a Russia, he's called someone who's not doing the right thing, and is considered a, a sinner. Good question. We're going to come back and answer it in just a moment, but first we're going to have our first break of the day. Please don't stay away, otherwise you'll never find out the answer to the question. This is Soul to Soul 101.9 High FM. Stay tuned. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb. 101.9 High FM. We are back on here. We are back to try to answer the question we posed. Now, was how could the Jews have made a promise to donate the spoils of their war against the Amalekis to the Beit HaMikdash, to Hashem, before such spoils even existed? So, the the answer perhaps would seem would seem to be that the Jews in doing this took a precedent from uh, our forefather from Avram Avinu by Avram sorry but not Avram Avinu from by Yaakov Avinu by Yaakov it says by Yida Yaakov Neder Lemor Yaakov made a promise to Hashem saying that if Hashem will be with me and he'll look after me and he'll bring me back to, to my father's house then this this stone that I've uh, set up as a matzeva will become the base Hashem whatever you give me I will take Myser, I will uh, separate a tithe and give that to the to the uh, to the base base amikdash. So the the Chazal there asked, what was the, what did it mean by Yida Yaakov Neder Lamor? What's this word of the word a uh, Lamor? And and they uh, they explain that this is uh, Yaakov Avinu was teaching a lesson not only for himself but to teach us a lesson for all generations that when we are in a time of difficulty, when we are in a time of where we have tzarot, we're allowed to make promises to to the Rabbi that if he delivers us from those predicament that where we are, when any kind of difficulty, be it personal, be it communal, uh, uh, comes upon a Jewish person or upon the Jewish nation, it's a mitzvah to make promises and to undertake things that you will do in the event that God God uh, 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 rescues you, and this is this is the reason for this is because through the through making a neder and obviously the neder has to be something that will will be uh, a service of Hashem that will be something productive that will that will be a mitzvah that will be something worthwhile by making that promise a person becomes closer. To, to Hashem, and therefore, when we take a step closer to Hashem, so the reciprocation occurs, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu then becomes closer to us, and, and therefore, God will, will save us. As we say, we say in the, in, in the Ashray three times a day, Koroiv Hashem Lechol Korov. Hashem becomes close to all those that call out to Him. Lechol Anyone who's Who's undertaking is to do something and to really, really mean it. Hakadosh Baruch Hu comes a lot closer and is more than uh, available to to deliver him from whatever the predicament is. And from here, the Jewish nation learned out that at this time, when whoever was the Kenanim or the Amalekim were coming to fight against them, 
and and worse, Torah tells us that by Yishmi they had actually uh, taken a a prisoner uh, uh, from the from the Jewish from the Jewish nation, and they 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 were they were upset. They were they were motivated now to fight against this uh, this nation. So then it it's it's worthy and it's uh, uh, desirable by Hakadosh Baruch Hu for a person to to uh, 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 accept upon him uh, himself that uh, as we say that a person should make should make nidorim at a time of uh, when he has when he has a when he has a Torah and that's why they made this promise to donate to the Mishkan to donate to Hashem whatever spoils whatever booty they would capture from this war against against the uh, the the Canaanim should they be victorious in such a uh, in such a, a war however Still, the truth is, nowadays, it's better not to make such a, a, a situation, not to make nidorim even at a time when, when a person has difficulty, because we have to understand that uh, there's always the worry that, God forbid, what happens if a person makes a promise and Hashem comes close and delivers him and then for whatever reason be it uh, inadvertent or deliberate a person doesn't get around to keeping his his promise so then he is now in a, in a big uh, barrel of pickles because he's now violated the the prohibition of not fulfilling of not fulfilling a net which is a a serious a serious kind of a Kind of misdemeanor, and that should always be the 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 uh, kind of reticence that a person should have to make any kind of promise because he doesn't actually know if a person, uh, uh, God forbid, could be could be uh, tripped up in such a situation. The reality is, and and it may in fact be one of the connections between them, that this is a a theme that plays out also in the uh, in the haftarah. Of this, uh, of this, uh, Shabbos, where we learn about a man called Yiftach Hagiladi, who was the leader, who became the preeminent judge over the Jewish, of the Jewish nation, and, and led the Jews into a war against, I think it was against Ammon. And he made a promise that if you will allow us to be victorious, over the Ammonite army, and you give them over into my hands. So, whoever it is that, whatever it is that comes out from my house to uh, to meet me at the, the when I when I return from from the uh, from the war, so uh, that thing will be again designated to to Hashem, <coughs> and I'm going to offer it up. As as a, as a korban, I'm going to be offered up as a sacrifice to uh, to uh, to Hashem, and he did this again based on the principle that we just elucidated for in the name of uh, Yaakov Avinu that when a person is facing a tough, difficult situation, so then he should make a a uh, a, a neder, and that is in fact what Yiftach Giladi. Uh, Agiladi did, and therefore it was counted as a as an acceptable acceptable neder, except for the fact 
that the the Gemara in in Maseches Tainus says that uh, the Gemara is not very pleased with with Yiftach. In fact, it criticizes him by saying that uh, he was one of the three people who made an illegitimate and improper request to to Hashem because he made such an edda to bring whatever it is that came out of his house first as a uh, as a korbanala how could he know who was going to be the first thing to come out of his house maybe it would be a uh, a donkey or some other uh, non kosher animal which of course can never be brought as a as a uh, carbon how could he bring the inf- how could he even countenance bring that as a carbon as a carbon uh, 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 to Hashem? and and Gemara says that we see that uh, because you made an inappropriate request so Hashem answered him inappropriately and the first the first person that came out to greet him was his own daughter and with great pain and with great uh, suffering Yiftach was uh, forced to actually bring his uh, his daughter and that's in fact what the Gemara seems to uh, to uh, explain that he actually brought her as a as a as a carbon and obviously the question is is so is so obvious i mean he was the he was the leader he was the the judge of 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 uh, the Jewish nation, he was the the head of Sanhedrin in in, in the generation at that at that uh, that time. Certainly, we're not uh, dealing with someone who himself was ignorant, who himself was was an Amar Oretz. How could he have reached the, the 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 conclusion that the promise that he had made, this this he had made, to bring the first thing that came uh, out of his house? Uh, uh, as a carbon, how could that obligate him to bring his own daughter as a uh, as as a carbon? What if a person I don't know makes a makes a a, a nether that he's going to take his neighbor and, and offer him up as a as a carbon to Hashem? Would anyone even contemplate that such a, a nether would take would take effect? We know. That a person is not allowed to sanctify, is not allowed to donate to the Beit Hamikdash or create, give, create any any new uh, uh, halachic uh, 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 standing for something that's not that's not yours. You can't go and, and take someone else's thing and 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 make it hectic. And, and therefore, his daughter also, his daughter doesn't belong to him. How could he go and, and donate her as a carbon? And even if you want to say perhaps that maybe his daughter was under bas mitzvah, she was still a, 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 a minor, which again, we don't, it's, it's a, it's a supposition. We don't actually know the, the Navi doesn't tell us how old, how old she was. And, and yes, we know that a, a father is allowed to sell his daughter even as a, as a, as a maidservant. So maybe he thought, well, if I can sell her as a maidservant, Maybe I can also uh, uh, sanctify her as a as a as a car. But even that, even if you would want to say that, it's still very very difficult. Because uh, what what about lotirza? What about murder? You can't you can't take a human being and uh, and uh, and kill them. And you know we know that the murder is so severe that a person should rather let himself be killed than than violate that uh, that mitzvah. So, uh, you know, how could, uh, how could, uh, Yilad not have, uh, known the halacha that, uh, pikuach nefesh, 
danger to uh, to human life is such an important uh, thing that it, it pushes aside the entire Torah, except for these serious three areas of of of, of murder, adultery, and and uh, idolatry. So all these things, uh, and therefore, how, how how why wouldn't the danger? To his uh, daughter's life and then and the possible termination of his of his daughter's life. Why would that not push aside the fulfillment of his of his promise? You know, and why would he have to do it? Surely her life is more valuable than his than his uh, than his promise. And 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 even more than that. Since when is a, 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 a when is, is a person allowed to even bring? He had made a promise. He was going to bring them. A, he was going to bring whoever came out as a carbon Allah, as a as a carbon that is totally and completely burnt to uh, to uh, to Hashem. And we know that carbon uh, Allah only comes from an animal. It's the very very first pesukim in Pashat Vayikratos min habakar or min atzon. It can only be. Uh, Cattle, or it can be, it can be sheep. Sheep. There's no, no uh, uh, possibility of of being able to bring a human being as a as a as a sacrifice. So the Ramban answers this question by saying that the the, the Torah says in in uh, we had in last week's Pasha that uh, oh no, sorry in in Pasha Bukhukotai, Kol mina Adam any any uh, declaration that a person makes to make something a cherem, to make something uh, 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 it's a kind of a sanctification can never never be redeemed it has to uh, remain in its status even and, and die in that in that uh, in that same same status the 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 Gemara explains this uh, this pasuk talking about when a person donates his own value to the Beis HaMikdash. But the Ramban has a, a novel and, and, and a new explanation. And he says that any Jewish leader, be he a melech, be it a king, or the Sanhedrin, which is done in the presence or on behalf of the Jewish nation, that has uh, uh, the competence and has the legal jurisdiction to make to make laws. If they uh, uh, make a pass a pass a law against the city that they're going to go to war against it, or if they would make anything uh, prohibited, any decree that emanates forth from a Jewish king or from the Jewish legislative body of the Sanhedrin. Anyone who goes against that declaration is is liable to be put is liable to put to death, and therefore the Ramban explains several incidents in 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 the Torah and and in, in Tanakh. For instance, another incident of the uh, the residents of a place called Yavesh Gilad that were killed by other Jews by by uh, their own brethren. Only on, on account of the fact that they refused to come and uh, participate in the war against the tribe of of Binyamin after the whole incident of Pilegesh Pigivar, I don't want to go into all that, but they they uh, they broke the ban against not being involved, and uh, and they were killed. And the Ramban and the Ramban says it's totally 
illogical that uh, that the whole nation did this terrible, terrible act to kill other, to kill many other Jewish men who aren't I mean, who aren't uh, liable to die. Why, why would the Jews have have done that? And in fact, uh, Pinchas ben Elazar, Pinchas, uh, uh, the grandson of Aaron Akoyim, was still alive at that time, and and this was done with his with his sanction, as the as the Ramban says that everything was done by his by his say so. But it's it must be that since the Sanhedrin made such a prohibition, they made such a decree, uh, a calling on, and and, and in fact uh, requiring all of the Jewish nation to come and join this war against Benjamin. And since the, the residents of Yavesh Gilad went against and broke this decree issued by the Sanhedrin, they are then liable to, to be put to be put to death. And and therefore the Ramban explains the same way. The whole uh, 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 discussion around what happened with Yiftach. That since this was the 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 the, uh, the mistake of Yiftach and his own and his own daughter, because he thought that if the uh, the leader and he was he was the shayfet of the Jewish nation would make a a a uh, undertaking would make a a decree, so that decree takes effect, and he would be required to. Uh, to fulfill it or risk violating the ban made by the God of Israel, in this case himself, and therefore be a uh, Misa. And therefore, if he made such a promise at the time when he went to war to do, make a carbon out of uh, whoever it might be, out of whoever it is that came, that came to out of his house, so that neder took effect. And of course, he didn't realize that uh, that the such a, a undertaking made by a king or Sanhedrin uh, 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 takes effect takes effect only in a situation where it's uh, where where their takana was was legal. But to make a, to make something to make a takana to do something that is totally in, inappropriate, God God forbid that that he couldn't. He, uh, that he didn't realize that he couldn't do, and therefore he felt duty bound to fulfill his own his own uh, decree. Because as the leader, he felt he had to fulfill what he had said. Although in this case, he made he made a mistake. We'll come back now with a segment on Hilchas Shabbos. This is one one point nine High FM on the greatest radio station in all of Africa. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb. 101.9 Chai FM. This is Soul to Soul on Chai FM. Welcome back to this next segment of our program. As I said, this is Erev Shabbos Kodesh Pashas Chukas. Uh, yes, it is true that sometimes the two Pashas of Chukat and Balak are together, but the way the calendar forms falls this year, it is necessary, so we get to do them each separately. So Shabbos Kodesh Pashas Chukas. Uh, candle lighting. The latest time for candle lighting uh, this afternoon is nine minutes past five, or at least three minutes off the uh, earliest. Uh, nine minutes past five is the latest time for candle lighting. And Shabbos Kodesh ends tomorrow night at one minute past six, six oh one. Ready again, starting to get uh, a little bit. 
a little bit uh, later. And if you're keeping track of the ethics of our fathers that we read uh, every uh, every week, this week we're going to read Perik 5, Perik Hay, uh, as we go through the cycle of reading uh, of reading Perkei Avot uh, every every week. Um, we said last week we're going to deal a little bit with the issue of we're talking about reading what you're allowed to read on 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 Shabbat and the whole question of newspapers can or should one not read newspapers on on Shabbat so it would seem that strictly speaking as far as the halakha is is concerned if there were in the newspaper articles uh, intelligent articles articles that discuss uh, uh sort of subjects that are uh, matters of of interest or or things like that uh, one would be allowed to read articles like that uh, and and seemingly if someone really enjoys reading uh, stories about about news or or, or editorials or analysis or, or, or stories of things that that happened uh, one would be allowed to read those things of uh, of Shab on Shabbos but any kind of story which would cause a a person to be sad uh, all kinds of crime incidents, all kinds of uh, uh, stories that leave a person with a feeling of sadness, a feeling of upset, a feeling of despair, a feeling of of kind of uh, total discouragement, or, or almost uh, uh, you know giving up hope about whatever it might be, and, and and leave a person with a kind of a bad taste in one's mouth. So obviously, that's totally antithetical to the spirit. Of, of Shabbos and those things would be forbidden to read to read on on Shabbos. You'd be allowed to read stories of of, of interest, let's say even about uh, agriculture or, or 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 you know science or whatever whatever it is. Sort of on, in a very very general type of uh, 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 article that don't uh, uh, lead with. With you know that don't lead to practical instruction of how to do things because that that you can't do what simply theoretical uh, articles of interest one could one could uh, read but the moment they start getting down to the uh, practical level and they're kind of articles that have on them also uh, instructions or also practical advice of of how to do things or or what to do. Uh, Etc. Etc. Those kind of things would not be uh, 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 allowed. You know, if it talks about how to run your business or how to invest your money, things that are forbidden to do or think about on on Shabbos. Those things would not be allowed to be read on uh, on on, uh, on on Shabbat. Uh, similarly, any type of advertisement, any advertisement that that there were whatever kind of goods or or services. Are being are being uh, are being offered or being uh, you know in in the shuk that are that are that are available for the public and and, and they're being advertised so that uh, that's those things are forbidden because they, you might want to buy them you might start thinking about that that is that is totally forbidden to be to be done on on 
on Shabbos. And, and therefore, although, yes, strictly speaking, there are parts of the newspaper, various articles, that may, in fact, be permitted to, to, uh, to, uh, to be read, but many, many of, of the Paiskim feel that it's better for a person to uh, stop and not read uh, any kind of newspaper on, on Shabbos because of the fact that they're so full of advertisements and, and things like that that, uh, that you're not allowed to look at. And there are many, many articles. I mean, today's news, unfortunately, is full of the, all the crime situations, all the people that are being killed, all the very, very, very sad stories that are occupying so much of the uh, media space in our, in our, in our world. And, and, and it's so difficult to start sitting there and, and, and trying to distinguish this or this I can. Oh, no, I'm sorry, skip over. It becomes a very, very uh, a difficult trying and, and perhaps almost a, a, a lose-lose kind of situation to be able to kind of ferret out what is allowed to be read, what isn't allowed to be uh, to be uh, 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 read, that it becomes it becomes almost almost impossible to to uh, do. And, and in fact, in, in addition to that, that uh, side effect that's sitting and spending one times one's time reading reading uh, uh, newspapers and things like that really. Uh, diverts our mind, takes our time, steals our attention from what is actually meant to be the main uh, a part, the main uh, responsibility, the main thing we have to do on 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 Shabbos. As we, and, you know, we as we learned, the main point of Shabbos is is to spend time uh, uh, learning learning uh, Torah and, and spending time with the family and and things mirot and doing those kind of things and perhaps only. Uh, the limited amount of time we spend in the, uh, in the, in the, in the toilet. So there, one can, there, if one has, uh, you know, sort of particular articles of interest, obviously not totally non-Torah, but, uh, things that fall into the carry of what we discussed, of being just sort of intellectual articles with no practical, uh, uh, ramifications. So if one wants to read that in the, uh, in, in the toilet, and yeah, and and then that sad stories. Those things, in fact, would uh, might be permitted on on Shabbos. I mean, as we brought the the, the, yeah, the Rambam, is, in fact, says that you really on on Shabbat should only read, only read words of Torah, and uh, and and all the other things. We made a decree that uh, if we're going to lie to read that, you might, in fact, come to to uh, to write. To write things down, but many of the others shouldn't disagree with that. Rashi, the Rosh, they say that the uh, prohibition is only those things that are connected to uh, to business. But as we said, uh, the limitations of what we spoke about before would certainly would certainly apply. We're going to come back with our closing segment in just a moment. We're going to go to the shops for a minute. Please stay tuned. Don't run away just yet. This is Soul to Soul on 101.9 Chai FM. Stay tuned. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb. 101.9 Chai FM. We are back for our final segment here on Friday afternoon. Thank you so much for for joining us. We're talking about uh, what you're allowed to read on on Shabbat. In particular, we just got, went through the uh, whole discussion about Reading newspapers on 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 Shabbat, uh, one would be allowed to 
either advertise oneself or to read, let's say, in the uh, newspapers that are handed out in the Jewish community or the sort of flyers that generally appear all over shuls on, on, uh, on, on Shabbat, if there are adverts about acquiring uh, uh, things that are uh, mitzvah, articles, let's say, for example, uh, uh, svarim are being, are being sold or, uh, or, or other things that might be directly necessary for, for mitzvah activities. And, uh, when the, uh, you know, if it's a situation where the, the prices, uh, exceptionally, uh, uh, are cheap and, and, uh, publicizing these things could, in fact, uh, you know, kind of, Get people interested and arouse people to, to want to, uh, do this mitzvah, to want to, yeah, it's good. this sounds nice, this sounds, uh, exciting. Let me, let me go hop and, and do a mitzvah. So you would be allowed to, to even publicize not only the item, but even the, the price <coughs> on, uh, on, on, on Shabbos, because, uh, that is hopefully going to, uh, inspire people to want to keep a, uh, a mitzvah, and, and you'd be allowed to read that on uh, on, on Shabbos and Mishnah Bura in, in, in Simon Shinvav uh, uh, seems to to uh, to paskin paskin. In fact, two places, uh, three places. Uh, Mishnah brings down this uh, this uh, similar similar halacha. Interesting enough, if you have a a guest list, a list of people you've invited for for a meal, etc., uh, or you have a menu of items that you want to serve at the meal. That uh, you know. So the halacha says that you are not allowed to read them on a Shabbat because reading those things it is similar to reading a, a contract and things like that and uh, important important documents. And and besides that, there's also a, a fear that you might. Uh, you know, the person, the host of the meal might want to change the list, you know, change a different, uh, uh, food he is going to serve, isn't going to serve, or, or, or cancel, you know, he's, he remembers that a few guests aren't coming, and he might write something down, or erase something, which of course would be a, a proper Shabbos, uh, uh, a prohibition. But if it's for a mitzvah activity, let's say you're making a, a suda for a, a bris, etc., or, uh, you know, if someone is coming last minute and you need to quickly uh, uh, look at the list to remember that you shouldn't, uh, you know, cause someone to be embarrassed by leaving them out, by not setting a place for them. So then the, the, uh, the, uh, whoever it is, the uh, worker, whatever, can, can read that list so that he'll know exactly how many places to set because we're not afraid he's going to change. He's just a worker. He's just a, the waiter. He, we're not afraid he's going to change anything on the, uh, on the, uh, on the list. But the, but the, uh, the, you know, person in charge, either the balabos or the, uh, maitre d of the, of the, of the function, whatever it is, they would be forbidden to read, to read, uh, that list because we are worried that they might decide to make a last minute change and come, God forbid, to write on, uh, on Shabbos. And that also, uh, uh, is brought down in the, uh, 
in the in the Mishnah Bura. Uh, a a gabai in shul is allowed to uh, read the names of those who are being given aliyot, those being called to the Torah from a, a book or from a little index index cards. Again, that also, even though it's a list, that is necessary for the need of a uh, of a mikvah. We're not worried that he's going to maybe erase a name or or add a, an extra name because uh, since he's in public, no one no one's going to you know if he would want to take his pen out, a thousand people would shout at him, and therefore there's no problem with him doing that on uh, on on Shabbos. Speaking of Shabbos, it's uh, time for us to uh, disappear and go and get ready for for Shabbos, which is just about uh, three and a quarter, uh, sorry, two and a quarter hours away. And we'll leave you in the hands of some very, very, of the chief rabbi, and then some very, very beautiful music leading you up to Shabbos. So don't turn your radios off, just continue scurrying around, getting the last minute things done. And again, it's been such a privilege spending some time with you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being part of our radio family. Please don't forget to uh, send in any comments, contact the radio station, contact me directly. Do you have any comments, anything you want to hear, you don't want to hear, anything that makes you happy or, or not, and continue listening. And Bezal Hashem just wish you, each and every one of you, a beautiful, beautiful Shabbos, Shabbat Menucha, Shabbos of, of great rest, of great sublimity, of Shabbos of family time, a Shabbos of growth in every in every area of your life. And Bezal Hashem, we should be together to come together next week and spend a little more time learning Torah. To each and every one of you, a beautiful Shabbat Shalom.